That's enough of that. Didn't even get going. I know. I, I, the drop would have just sent me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Something you say on a daily basis. Basically. You should hear my morning alarm. It's that. Followed by 25 minutes of us talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just all, the, all the stuff that we... It's it's the it's the C roll. It's the embarrassing stuff that like we just record our entire evening. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, new format. Yeah. <laughs> What's happened? What's the strategy behind it and what can people do with that strategy to apply it to their own business? Yes. What happened? So, it's a little bit late, but we got the tip off from Jenny Thornton that Boohoo have bought a bunch of stuff. So they bought a bunch of brands from high street people. So that's what's happened. What was the strategy behind that though, Roger? So, I mean, there's this idea of you know, build, borrow, buy and all these kind of ideas that surround that. But I think what we're, we're going to pick on really is market cycles and doing the right thing behind the market cycles. So knowing where you are in a market cycle, economic market we're talking here, mm-hmm. and having strategies to take advantage of that particular cycle yeah which is what we've seen boohoo do who are who how are quite, so talk me through it well they're quite cash rich at the moment they why do, is that well they've done very well during well they're doing very well pre-covid and then covid has been fantastic for them because they're an online only retailer and and a cheap online only retailer cheap indeed um and which so, is done well during lockdown and covid and all that stuff why because no one could go anywhere so high street's taking a thorough drubbing and everyone was feeling the pinch, so people were, if they were going to buy something, they didn't want to spend a crap ton of money. They wanted to buy the cheap and cheerful stuff. Yes, absolutely. You're, you're completely right about the product price and well, the product position. Positioning. Yeah. So they had, they've done very well. So they've been, so they have got quite a lot of buying power. And equally, at the same time, a lot of the sort of traditional retailers have taken a proper hit from being shut for. That is unhelpful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially in kind of places where their margins are so razor. It's like yeah. being shut is killer for them. So Boohoo's gone on a shopping spree and bought lots of distressed high street brands. See, and I can't remember. I assume I was talking to you about it because no one else would let me finish a sentence otherwise. The Do you remember when Boohoo got into a load of trouble recently? Might have been around Christmas time. Might have been right. Oh, it was Black Friday mm-hmm. where they were selling like all their stuff online for like, here you go, buy this for a pound. It used to be 40 quid or 50 quid. And the internet went mental because it was like, oh, how many people must have suffered if they can sell this thing for this little money? And people were like, oh, look at me. I've just bought an entire three years worth of outfits and it cost me 15 pounds. That was interesting to see how people don't understand the concept of like sunk cost and lost leaders and things like that. It's not that they can buy an entire outfit for a pound. It's that they were just willing to sell it for a pound at that moment for whatever reason. And you could say, you know, marketing costs, they got an absolute mass press coverage for it. That's probably say a lot less than their marketing budget was just to take a few hits on some clothing. That's probably end of line, probably out of stock, whatever. So it was interesting. To, and I, I don't know how this even vaguely links to this episode, but 
It was just something I remembered about Boohoo, so I thought I'd bring it up. I'll shut up now. Well, I think you're right in the sense that... Excellent, thank you. Everyone had a weird reaction to that. Where you're so used to people being like, oh, it's brilliant, you know, cheap stuff. Yeah, yay, cheap. And maybe we're seeing the rise. Maybe everyone had too much time on their hands. Maybe Boohoo's still got this hangover from... Um, some it's of the still got a bit of grubby it's the bad boy, isn't it? it had, yeah. you know, there was a lot of. Um, wasn't there a factory that was linked to Boohoo that was linked to like a mega COVID outbreak during first lockdown? Was there? Yeah, I know yeah. they've had an awful lot of bad press. Yeah, so they've had a lot of um, labour press. Yeah, you know, bad labour practice press. So maybe people were enjoying jumping on that, um, but I, w- I, I would. I think you're you're right in the sense that I don't think people would have jumped on it if it was like bicycle frames or something. Everyone would be like, this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have just gone, it's brilliant. I bought a bicycle frame really cheap. Whereas the clothing thing has got a lot more more uh, politicized around labor practice and all these kind of things. Um, so Boohoo's Getting doing back very, on track. Boohoo, yeah, Boohoo's doing very well because of, A, it, it's done very well during during COVID and then it's taken its buying power and it's gone and done a lot of purchasing of company. Yeah. How does someone in a smaller business try and take that, that strategy and use it in their own? So probably the first stage is to be aware of market cycles and that they even exist in the first place. How would someone be aware of a market cycle? Be smart. Solid. <laughs> don't be an idiot <laughs> so what what economic indices can you look at you could look at inflation you could look at interest rates you could look at some you know the inflation basket and see what's happening there you could i think probably inflation and gdp are probably the ones the better indicators for what the market's up to yeah you probably look at your your local currency exchange rate with other nations as a sort of indicator yeah, I probably wouldn't tell most people to do that because it can get quite confusing. Okay. There's a whole bunch of other things that go into that. And, you know, does it matter if the US dollar goes up or down against different currencies? That will have an impact on different things. So it can get overly complicated. I think, I think for most people, if you just look at, well, what's my country's economy doing? Well, it's generally going up because GDP is going up mm-hmm. and inflation is going up or going down. Employment rates, that's probably a good indicator. Interest rates are usually Interest useful. rates, yep. Yeah, they give you a good idea. So... Probably if you're looking at it from a more economic and macroeconomic point of view, it's interest rates and inflation are the two big ones. But the easier one to follow is probably things like employment and GDP. Hmm. So if you were following those two, you would have some idea what's going on with the market cycle. And I guess all you need to know is our market's either getting bigger, so the market cycle's expanding, or it's shrinking and getting smaller. So it's either one of those. And you uh, tailor your approach for you those do. two. So in a in a contracting market, people are, like the word would suggest, contracting how much they spend on stuff. So people are spending less. So you want to whatever product service that you provide, if you can provide some sort of cheaper option, that probably wouldn't be a bad thing because people still want to spend. People always want to spend. It makes people feel good. If you can give them the option to still give you money but in a way that is suitable for that point in time for them, that probably makes sense. And equally, the other way around, go. Well, a, a more expensive product offering more value or perceived value 
is probably more likely to do well. Yeah. So when you've got people like Boohoo, who are probably the lower end of the market, I'm trying not to be offensive to anyone who shops at Boohoo, but well, they're, 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 they're cheap sort of, chips, they're, aren't they? They're well, fast fashion, aren't they? They're sort of yeah, you know, the latest trends for not very much money. Yeah. So they do well, and it's a bit like the Poundlands and the Aldis and the Liddles of this world. They are targeted more at the lower end. They will do particularly well during these sorts of low market cycles. And at that point is a good time for them to expand into the more upmarket stuff so that when the cycle eventually turns around, and it always does, these things go up at peaks and troughs. So it will inevitably turn around. It can put you in a good position then. So if for the smaller companies out there, that might be a good time to, if you can pivot in time and make a decent amount of money during whichever, either the low point or the high point, start to invest in the counter-cyclical part of your business. Sounds like an overly complicated way of saying it, but... No, it makes sense. I know it does for you, but because you did a Cambridge MBA, you know. Thank you, that hasn't come up in an entire episode. <laughs> I know. But how would that, in the real world, work? I'm just trying to think of some examples of you know, let's say the market's booming, you're selling really expensive high-end stuff, then would be a good time to be buying something that sells cheap bottom-end stuff in prep for, well, eventually people will stop buying my £8 million glasses, so I should buy these things that sell £1 glasses. So uh, the, you touch on a nice idea, which is like this idea of trickle-down tech, which is... Um, Did I? Yeah, well, so... Usually things either are luxury, luxury because of scarcity, mm-hmm. so there's not many, many of them, or they're luxury in the sense that like it's very hard to make, so it costs a lot of money, so you, you, you pay a lot of money to make it, or it's very hard to find them, or, or, or it's limited in the sense of like, um, we'll only make a limited number yeah. on purpose. Now, what you need to do with that kind of stuff, and what, what happens with trickle-down tech is you like, so say something's really hard to make, so we see it in like tellies and stuff, where... Like the most whizzy telly is really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. And like outrageously expensive. You know, it's like, like 100, all the 000, AK TVs yeah. at the moment. It's like, like 25 grand. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't cost that to make. But what it is is the sort of offsetting the cost to develop it. And what you do is you take that, what they'll do is then take all that learning that you're, you're funding by the, the fast followers mm-hmm. and then trickle it down and say, well, actually, we now know how to make AK TVs really, really well. And actually, we can make them for a f- five now. So, what you need to do is in, in, in boom times when you're able to sell something for a lot of money is be saying, well, how do I make something that is 90% of this but cheaper? Or 50% of the price. Yeah. And and the idea is not then to say, well, now I can gouge all my all my, um, all my my customers by much. I've just pulled loads and loads and loads of cost out of this. I'm just going to gouge them. What we do is then say, well, it's actually cheaper now. And that, that then subsidizes... You build a longer tail with the lower price. and So if you're a service provider, then, for example, let's say you're high-end, one-to-one servicing of something, high-class escort, um, but no, someone that is providing a service that is basically just you, mm-hmm. when times are good, you can charge a lot of money. And instead of just spunking all that money on stupid stuff, at that point is a good time to start investing in a version of your product or your service that you can, or your service that you can productize and so create like a course version of it that you can sell for 20% of the price. Absolutely. And do it that way. And then vice versa, if you're selling low-end stuff to people and you're doing quite well because everybody's trying to scrimp and save and doesn't want to spend loads of money, 
whilst you're making money at that stage, you should be looking at developing, well, what's the high-end service I can offer at some point in the future? Yeah, and, and use the fact that you've got volume through lots of people yeah. to get feedback. So say like, what would a more expensive service look like to you? Well, I feel like this is a good strategy for small or medium enterprises here. Absolutely. Always be looking at what the next stage of the cycle is going to be, and then how can you service that when it comes? Yeah. Oh, it's good that. And to, 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 to be aware that it's not called a cycle for no reason. It's because it will come round again. It will. Like It may take a while. Much like we've touched on other things, like it will happen. You know, <laughs> something, yeah. Whatever you, you know, whatever's um, making you successful at the moment is likely to change. And the key to being to continuing success is is to sort of work out how you adapt to the new new playing field. Not not just like milk it as hard as possible for for the period of time. Yeah. So never think whatever situation you're in now will not change. Yeah. It will always change. And because the, the likelihood of it is that you're in that situation because something changed. And there's a there's probably a link here. I wasn't several beers in about Darwinism and survivaling. Survivaling? Is that a word? Survivaling. Survivaling, yeah. Survivaling hard. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the whole survival of the fittest is the thing that's most capable of adapting to its environment or some shit. Yeah, Pretty I'm, sure that's what he wrote. It's what he wrote. Yeah. Some bollocks yeah. like that. <laughs> All right, I didn't go to Cambridge. <laughs> I don't think understanding Darwinism is, 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 is. I thought that was part of the entrance exam. Okay, sorry. Make <laughs> <laughs> some very inappropriate jokes around. <laughs> go on then. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm on, on, on tape. Um. <laughs> I think the entrance exam at my university was what does the clock say? Still got it wrong. <laughs> That was a pretty good episode. I think we're building on a bit of a fundamental of our, our strategy guide, which is to sort of um, never assume the conditions are going to remain the same. Maybe that's a core tenant of our small to medium strategy guide. Yes, I like it. Adaptability. There's a book in here somewhere. Oh, probably. Sound? Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.